Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about COVID and looking at our lives before and after with a glimpse of the possible future. But first, let's do some catching up. Nicole, what's new? I don't know if you guys have anything like this at your work, but like an employee engagement score at all or a survey. Okay. So we use at our um, health system something called Glint, which is actually a pretty large, um, I don't know organization, company, software. I don't know what it is, but quarterly we get um, little surveys. They're quick and easy, but it, it basically is just measuring employee engagement, everything from like, how are you doing to, do you feel heard? Do you feel like autonomous? Like just that type of stuff in your job. And cool. my team is usually, we score pretty well. And I was telling Mark about it one day as, you know, my husband's in HR and he goes, you know, sometimes having too high of a score is indicative of a leader who's potentially like a pushover, he said, or, you know, kind of like a, a leader who's um, not a leader who's not leading. Is that the best way to say it? And I was like, that seems a little harsh. I was like, I think that I have a very you know, good jovial, you know, relationship with my team. But I, uh, I've always been really proud of our Glenn scores and we never get recognized on like the leadership calls. It's always like, oh, these people, you know, moved into the top, uh, you know, 10% or whatever it is. Well, on this month's leadership call, uh, they recognize leaders who have consistently had Glint scores, I think in the top, I don't, it, it's out of a hundred, but Glint scores, I think it was either above 80 or 85 consistently um, over like, uh, consecutive quarters. So anyway, I was recognized. I felt very validated. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, that's just a little something and then totally unrelated. So I'm playing hockey the other night and I've, I'm kind of transitioned to playing defense, which I'm not so good at, but Mm -hmm. I am typically stuck with being a team captain and nobody wants to play defense. So as captain, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. So I've been playing defense. Uh, Last week, I took a puck to the calf um, where there's very little padding. I have like a giant, very tender bruise. Uh, Mark has one similarly, although it's not from a puck. I'm not sure what his is from. And then this weekend, I'm playing my friend Kate, um, who also plays defense. I got in front of her shot. Her puck, the puck always comes up high when she shoots. I was ready for it. It hit me in the boob, like the side (laughs) boob. And there's not a lot of padding there either. I was like, ah. Ow. Oh my she was like, you okay? I'm like, it was just my boob. It's fine. Like, but I was just laughing because when I started playing hockey um, outdoors where we live before like our indoor rink was built, I played on a team with a bunch of guys and I got pregnant the first year I played with them. So I ended up, um, I, did, I never played after 12 weeks. So I quit the season kind of halfway played for the next season. And then the next year after that, cause my girls are only two years apart and they're born at the you know, fall. So I always got pregnant, like in the winter and I stopped playing again that year. And he's like, geez, how many kids do you have? And I was like, uh, this is going to be number two. Okay. Like, it's not like I have like <laughs> a million children, but it was, it, they always just gave me a hard time. But when I got hit in the boob, I was thinking, thank goodness. It's not like full of milk or rock hard, you know? Oh my gosh. It's it would have so hurt all the more. And then in the next 
first period, I think it was. I'm not sure when in the game later. But then I got hit with a puck right on the top of my skate, like where the laces are that, you know, that like tendony, I don't know mm-hmm. what ligamenty top of your foot. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it hurts. Well, bony. It sla- yeah, it was a slap shot right there. I mean, no yeah. padding. I'm like, I am so beat up. Like, <laughs> We have a month <laughs> off hockey between seasons. I'm like, I need this time. I'm falling apart here. So just totally random, but otherwise just trying to enjoy summer and soaking up all that's left. What about you guys? What's new? Yeah. Well, today it turns seven. I can't believe it. It's just wild. Um, And we've been celebrating for about three days straight. She's, she keeps complaining because, you know, in February we're going to Disney, which Cameron's birthday happens to be in February she keeps saying Cameron gets to go to Disney for his birthday. Sounding like a spoiled little brat, honestly. That's all I'm thinking. And I'm like, Paige, you had two birthday parties. Why am I even trying to explain to you why it doesn't matter? I don't know why. Um, but anyway, we're going to Disney around his birthday is, is the point. Um, but she got two parties. Um, and do you know what she's requested for dinner tonight? Chili. No, Taco Bell. Oh my gosh. No wonder our kids get along so well. Yes. I know. And I uh, secretly, I'm really excited about it. I'm like, Paige, Taco Bell. Yes. So what does she get at Taco Bell? Honestly, she just gets the soft beef tacos. Okay. She'll probably get three of those. Oh, nice. Super simple. Yeah. yeah. We haven't really ventured out much as far as beyond that with them. I I usually get, and sometimes we'll get nachos or I get the bean burritos and the pintos and cheese. I just love their beans. They're reconstituted powder beans. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> uh, but maybe we'll try something new today. Try to try to cinnamon twist out a bit. We don't. Well, they've never tried those. No, and we're probably just gonna have cake because it's you know yeah. her birthday tonight. So we don't need any cinnamon twist. And it's leftover cake, by the way. She's already had cupcakes, cake. We had a huge cake. There's tons left over, so we're gonna stick a candle in there and call it a day. <laughs> uh, otherwise, just getting ready for work to start getting crazy. And yeah, the summer is coming to a close. It's, I don't know, it's good and bad pros and cons. I'm excited for fall to begin. I'm actually really excited. So Paige starts first grade tomorrow and a few short hours. And I thought I'd be so nervous, but she has just been doing, I know I've talked about her social anxiety before on this podcast. I feel like she's another person. She, I, I, I just, I don't, and I have no reservations about tomorrow at all. I think she's going to do fine, which I never thought. This really just goes to show you the importance of not worrying months ahead of time. I've been worrying about this day for months, but she's going to be fine. So it's great. I love it. All good. All right. Well, yeah. I'm I'm still cracking up over the Taco Bell stuff. Okay. What did Paige want for her birthday? Well, she wanted a cat. Oh, that yeah. that didn't happen. But her her aunt, my sister-in-law, Nick's sister, got her one of those for real cats, which is, you know, it's basically like a stuffed cat that talks and purrs. It doesn't talk, it purrs and, they, and it has a leash. It's so dumb, but she loves it. So there's her cat. <laughs> uh, she wanted, what else? She got one of those giant squishmallow dolls, which is kind of fun. She got lots of crafts, which she's really been enjoying. I love it when people give her crafts because that's just constructive and it's something that she can do on her own. And I appreciate that. Yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. We haven't given her her gifts. I'm going to give those to her when we get off of this podcast. So yeah, nothing too extravagant, truthfully. She had two parties. <laughs> she doesn't need much else. 
All right. So before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they keep, um, they really help us keep reaching more people. Of course, we'd appreciate it so much. All right. So as we all know, our world changed significantly in the winter of 2020. Since then, it's never been the same. And in many ways, it will never be the same. We really haven't talked much about COVID a lot on this podcast. So today we are dedicating an entire episode to how it has changed our lives in both positive and negative ways. We know we are still in the midst of COVID. It has not gone away and it's still very much a part of our lives, but we think it's time to dish about what has changed with us and our family and what we believe the future may bring. Right. So first and foremost, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that we are some of the lucky ones. I truly believe that. And so far, we've made it out of COVID relatively unscathed. Um, and I know there are many others who uh, cannot say the same for various reasons, whether it's income or sickness, death. Uh, so I know there are many out there who are still struggling so, so much. Uh, but regardless... Struggles are, are subjective and we still had them, obviously. So overall, Nicole, what were your top struggles in 2020 and I guess beyond from COVID? Mm -hmm. It's not first and foremost, but I think it's just top of mind because social media, particularly Facebook, has gotten so um, nasty. I was pondering just this morning whether I want to unfriend an uncle of mine be, or block him or hide him because what he posts is extremely offensive to me. And I wouldn't say I'm um, super sensitive in that way, but it's just an imbalance. There, you know, he was somebody who was never um, really he didn't use social media platforms before. Um, you know, airing his political agenda and his feelings on the vaccine and all of that. And, and I think everybody has a right to their own opinion, but I, I think it, for me, it's just, it's bordering on offensive and it, it's just, it hurts a little bit um, because it's such a jab at like my intellect, if you will. Um, I think that that's been something that I've really struggled with is how do I move forward as somebody with my own thoughts and opinions in um, the future with people who have made it very clear that they feel differently from me and mm -hmm. have perhaps been so vocal that it can't help but taint in some way the way that I feel about them, um, in particular family members. So that's been really hard, I would say. And I'm just kind of battling with that. But additionally, probably things that a lot of parents can relate to is just, I call it parenting fatigue and just mm -hmm. also managing childcare, especially back in like March and April when I was being redeployed to various departments, the emergency department. Um, and it was any hour of the day or week. So I may be working midnights, weekends, all of that. Meanwhile, Mark being an HR for a very large company, he's working like crazy too, to figure out, you know, they're, they have manufacturing, like what are they going to do in manufacturing plants with, you know, COVID outbreaks, things like that. How do you keep the business going and the people like all, all of that. So, you know, he was stressed to the max. I was stressed to the max. And then you add like fear to it. And it was just the perfect concoction of just not good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think too, looking at spring of 2020 was really the fear of the unknown. I can just remember waking up in the middle of the night thinking whether something that we did was too COVID risky or worry about my family. I can remember specifically like, like a time maybe in like the May, June, probably May-ish timeframe when it was still a little um, just 
people were unsure about getting together, even outdoors. And I had a couple people over, like just friends from hockey come over and we were just hanging out in the driveway. And I remember my kids were out there and I was like, I just woke up in the middle of the night, like just fearing, like, what if they got COVID because of that? Like, what a selfish decision on my part. Like just all, just all the mental gymnastics of that. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I could just say like relationships moving forward with people who have different opinions than I and, and, and apparently how to deal with a pandemic, parenting fatigue and just fear. Yeah. To summarize. Oh my gosh. I, you know? I agree with all of those. I was having nightmares. I still do have actually COVID dreams or I guess nightmares. Sometimes they're nightmares. Sometimes they're just dreams about like walking into a place and forgetting to put your mask on, which is, you know, it's awkward but mm-hmm. and so random, but never thought I'd be having dreams about masks. Uh, but yeah, oh my gosh, I kind of didn't really think about all that anxiety that I had about, you know, we have certain family members who found it offensive that I had them wear a mask when coming to our house. And I really wanted everyone to wear a mask. It wasn't, I wasn't just you know, uh, necessarily calling out certain people. I had everyone wear a mask when they came to our house, um, especially when it was more than one person. My, my mom, I guess, generally, I didn't have her wear a mask. But when she started dating other guys, like, yeah, I was having her wear a mask. Um, anyway, yeah, that was that was definitely difficult. And I just don't love wearing masks, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, that was that was difficult. I would say I agree the the parenting fatigue, being stuck at home with the kids. And I'm not saying that I don't like being home with my kids, but what was so difficult about COVID and and sometimes even now is that so many things were closed or had different hours. I mean, even the playgrounds were closed. Looking back, I seriously cannot believe that happened. I mean, there was, Mm -hmm. you know, the yellow tape around all the playgrounds. You literally couldn't do anything. I mean, you were stuck in your home and that was so, so hard. It did make it a little bit easier in some ways having two kids because they were able to keep each other busy and company. But then of course, after a while, that also made it more difficult. I would also say one of the big things, which again, I don't want to complain here because I know that some people had it much, much worse than we. We both have our jobs, both Nick and I do. And we had our jobs throughout this entire time. But Nick sells food for a living and the restaurants in Columbus were closed for a good chunk of time and then had to go basically to all carry out, which a lot of the restaurants were just not prepared for in the least. So to say he took a a pay cut was, I mean, an understatement. It was pretty significant and that lasted pretty much the entire year. But again, we both came out relatively unscathed having our job still, which I'm, I feel very thankful for. Also just the lack of social interactions. I'm not like you. I'm not a social butterfly. I don't necessarily crave social interactions, but not having it, I noticed it and I, and it did affect me. Even at work, just being in Zoom meetings versus having an actual face-to-face conversation, it, it really did affect me. Uh, and, and we're still doing that a lot. And I, I'm just so ready for in-person meetings to be back um, and for everyone to be back in our office. It just doesn't feel the same. All right. So 2020 was tough, but what were some good things that came out of it for you and your family, Nicole? Mm -hmm. I would say I just learned to love being at home. Um, I kind of crave more at home time. I would say my FOMO, my fear of missing out. It's not an overdrive like it was because you can't have FOMO when nobody's doing anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I, I think it's just put everything in perspective for me in that way. Just yeah, slowing down. It was good. I did puzzles and I read books and I love those things. And I've actually talked myself out of starting a couple of puzzles because I'm like, it's summertime. Like, do not start a puzzle. You're going to have all winter to do this. Now is not the time. Um, but I do kind of crave those um, just 
solitary activities. I, I do. Um, so I think kind of I did learn um, that my cup can be filled through solitude and quiet. Um, and that was that was something I, I honestly didn't know or or at least give my chance the time or space to figure out pre-COVID. Uh, I also it gave me the chance to organize some fun things like with smaller groups that were safer, um, like th- things like hockey versus playing it, you know, in a big league. Uh, got closer to some like main people. Like, I don't know about you, but you kind of had your like cohort of friends that you niched out with and you were kind of like, okay, you're my people, right? Um, Mm -hmm. At least we did. I can remember like we had a standing date night at the pool with um, another family last summer. So it was like, that was our dedicated time. Like this little stuff like that really helped me, I think, get through, um, we get through COVID and we've kind of kept some of those traditions alive. I don't know. But yeah. what about you guys? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I would say the the thing that comes to my mind the first or first is that my employer has really been better at allowing me to be more flexible with my schedule and not just me, but anyone who works for the company. Um, and I, I would say that COVID has just like you, because it was so difficult to find um, childcare for the longest time. And really in general, it's hard when my kids all have different days off or random days in the middle of the year off. And I do have generally really good help. But during COVID, did I really want my dad and his wife and my mom to watch my kids when they had a day off? No, of course I wanted them to, but was it safe? Probably not. So that was really hard. So just realizing the importance of flexibility. And now that my employer, I feel like since COVID has just let, allowed us to have more flex time and just a flex, more flexible schedule in general, I just feel very thankful that I think COVID has sort of brought that out of them. And most employers, I would say, uh, so I, at this point, my flexible job is one of my favorite parts, if not the best part of my job, hands down. I am just so thankful for just the ability for me to go in a little bit later and then work a little bit later, work a little bit from home. It's just been so, so nice. Uh, I definitely would say that COVID has taught me to appreciate the balance between family and work and really to put my family first, which I've always done, but it's become more important to me now. I'd also say that COVID taught me that we as a nation are strong and it really gave me hope for our future. And I would say, especially now that we have a new administration, I don't want to get political, but I think it has helped that we have a new administration in many ways. Um, We've all come together during this time and we're continuing to do that. And it's really been good to see, at least from my lens, I, I try not to watch the news a whole lot because it can be so, so negative, but I try to focus on the positive. It's the only thing to get us through, right? You got to think of the positives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. Do you think 2020 changed the way your kids play or interact, Nicole? Uh, it's hard to say because Shay did transition into public school uh, the fall of 2020. And so they, they were still together in the same Montessori uh, class, uh, which was ages three to six. So they were in the same class for two years. Um, but when Shay moved to the public schools, I think that separation during the day worked in our favor in getting kind of through some of COVID, um, because they missed each other. So I would say they were able to bond more when they were at home together. Um, 
so I would say the second surge, or is that the third surge? Whatever the surge was in yeah. like November, <laughs> um, which which point in COVID? Um, so not so much the spring because they were to they were in school together at that point, but come the the worst of the surges so far, knock on wood, in in November, it was helpful in that way. Uh, and they, I would say they get creative and they kind of continue to learn and make their own fun without the use of te- like technology or new toys. Um, I think it's, yeah, I guess that's something that, not that they, the TV didn't go on or they don't ever get the iPad, but it's not the default. It's not, we're bored. Here's technology. We're bored. Like, oh, here's something new to play with. It's, it's, we've really tried to regulate that. And and I will say their birthdays are coming up and they're so jazzed for new toys. And I'm excited for them to get new toys too. Cause it's, I'm not going to say they deserve them, but they haven't had new toys since Christmas. And so that's super exciting for them. Um, so yeah, I, I think it helped for them to not be together during the day. And that said, I we were probably one of the few families. I think you guys were too, Gina. I'm not mm-hmm. quite as consistent as us, but our daycare only really closed for like maybe a week or two through all of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I, I might have said this on the show back a while, like a long while ago, but our daycare actually sent um, their employees to a family's home that had an essential worker. So like when I was going in at whatever shifts, the daycare supplied somebody. And that was the the daycare provide like the employee's choice, like if they wanted to continue um to do that cuz you know they were kind of part of our pod, right? So there was a commitment asked from the school side like hey, you know, if you're going into this family's home, like you need to mask and you need to like socially distance from other people, right? Like you need to like in the throes of it, right? Everybody was kind of in in their bubble. Um, so I really appreciated that they were able to do that for us too. So there wasn't any huge lapses, I would say, in their kind of day-to-day life, um, which probably helped as well. I, th- I know a lot of families had extended time um, mm-hmm. where they didn't have anybody but their siblings. So that could be a difference too. Because you guys had more than just like a week or two off from daycare, right? We had a total of about six weeks. Yeah. yeah. So you had way more than me. Yeah. Yeah, but they were broken up. It wasn't six weeks straight. And that was after the, the initial, what, three weeks? So the initial one in March, which was, was, I think, about three or four weeks. After that, periodically, we get an email from our daycare um, basically saying someone in class has COVID or a parent in someone's class has COVID or someone is getting tested for COVID. So you have to stay away from school until the test comes back negative. And that was about a total of probably six weeks uh, broken up where we had to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It was a lot. I know other families have probably have more than that even, but that's mm. still, when I think of it, that's a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I would say to answer the question, my, my, I don't think that COVID really changed the way my kids interact. I think that the changes that I am seeing with them now and before, uh, like around the 2020 time, COVID time, really had a lot more to do with their age and the natural progression of their personality and need for independence. The changes that I'm seeing with them, I predict would have happened regardless of if COVID had happened. Uh, namely, Cameron has found his voice and has really realized just how much he loves to push Paige's buttons. And oh my gosh, he does not relent at all. Uh, he will just do something that makes her mad. She'll freak out and he'll just keep doing it. And I tr- keep trying to tell Paige, Paige, the less you react, the more likely he will be to stop. But it's just so much easier said than done. 
I understand that too, because I've been in that position. Even as an adult, sometimes like someone will do something to make me mad and it just makes me so angry. And I know that they're liking that I'm getting angry and it's just, oh. So same thing happens as an adult, I understand. Uh, But after our parenting coach visits, which she was amazing, we found out that we were just not handling those situations correctly. So when Cameron was pushing her buttons and when he still does, we were just doing the wrong thing. Um, I would say what that wrong thing was is actually reacting to Paige versus reacting to Cameron. So saying to Paige, Paige, just be mature about it and stop reacting and walk away instead of saying, Cameron, stop and moving him, actually physically moving him from the situation. That has made all the difference in the world. So I would say since learning that, seems like an obvious thing, but yes, since doing that, things have gotten much better. Uh, We've really been working on separating them more for sure and just giving them more time apart. And I think having them at two different schools this year will be a welcome separation for the two of them. Not that they were ever in the same class, but I think just knowing, I think that it's nice for Paige to, to, she feels finally like the older sibling, like, look, I'm going to another, another school than you, Cameron. I'm not the same school as you anymore. I am the older one. I think she likes that. Uh, not being at the same school as her younger brother. It's only going to last a year, but I think that it will it will be good for her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. I can't believe Cameron's going to be in kindergarten next year. That's, I know. And same with Piper, right? Um, well, okay. I'll just tell you, it's it has nothing to do with COVID. So I took her to her, regist- her young five. We have, we have through the public school something called young fives, Yeah. Um, which is, I think I said this, but like preschool through through public schools. So she, we went to the registration um, for Young Fives Kindergarten and they they took her for like testing and mm-hmm. the, the teacher comes out and she's like, oh, well, she passed into kindergarten. I'm like, what? Um, and so she's got that fall birthday though. So she's going to be mm-hmm. like one of the super young kids. And yeah. so we really wanted her in Young Fives. So I made that kind of um, known to the school and she is going into Young Fives, but okay. we were really proud of her for testing into kindergarten. They were like, well, we only have 40 spots. So it kind of depends on the birthdays and how other kids test. But um, so I guess Cameron and Piper are the same grade then. They will be in the same grade. Yeah. I think that's a smart decision just personally, because Paige also tested into kindergarten when she was five, but I never would have sent her actually more so because of her social development. She just wasn't socially ready then. Um, But I just think, I don't know. Obviously there are some kids who would, would be fine. I'm sure Piper would be fine too, but Mm. I don't know. I just think, (laughs) especially now that I have an an August birthday baby, I'm just so glad that I held her back. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad. But again, Plenty of people go early and and they turn out just fine. Um, So it really has to do with what you think is best as the parent. Uh, All right. So most families uh, got more creative, I would think, than ever before last winter and spring, just finding new ways to keep from going insane while, you know, the playgrounds were closed (laughs) and and sort of trying to keep the family unit together. Did you guys pick up any new family activities during that time? And if so, are you still participating in those activities? Mm Mm-hmm. I would say our number one was definitely like nature walks and hikes uh, as kind of the snow melted or um, we were we were trying to get out as as much as possible. We just bundle up and adventure out. Um, I think one of the other that was probably number one. And then the other thing I would say I was not super creative, but I did make like sensory bins. And I think my kids were just past that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was trying to just get as creative as possible. 
Uh, I, I would also take the like large easel paper, like a large scroll, and we'd make like we just roll it across like our um, living room where there's wood floors and make big block letters that the girls could color in or decorate. Or I'd make like a tree branch and they could take like bingo daughters and do the leaves or, you know, just some type of craft that we saw on Pinterest, but usually on that like big scroll of paper. Mm-hmm. We played more games. Um, but as what are we doing now? Not as much of it. I do wish we would get back into like more hiking and doing stuff like that. I think it's like beach pool boat season. So we'll probably morph more into that um, as the weather cools. But I would say we haven't done a good job of holding on to like our COVID habits. What about you guys? Yeah, that's all right. And also, I think a lot of those habits are indoor winter habits, like what you just said. True. Those are things that we'll do when it's cold outside and you can't go outside. Right now, you're taking full advantage of the beautiful weather. There's no reason for you to be inside drawing on paper (laughs) unless it's raining outside like it is today. So yeah, I would say puzzles. We did so many puzzles at the beginning of the of COVID. I think we did five or six big family puzzles, which was a lot of fun. We kept ordering them or um, on Amazon and it was just, it was a lot of fun. Let's see. Oh, reading. I read a ton. And I think that also just inspired Paige to not start to love reading, but start to be intrigued, I guess, or interested in reading, which was good. We also did a lot more hiking outside. We visited a couple of state parks that we'd never been to that are like 20, 30 minutes away, which there's no reason why we should never have gone. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we haven't, we've obviously, we haven't done puzzles in forever, but that's really our winter uh, activity. So since it has been so nice in its summer, we've just been taking advantage of getting outside and and being active for sure. Will your kids do a puzzle on their own? And if so, like how many pieces? Yeah, Paige loves puzzles and she would probably do a 100 piece at this point. She could probably do a 200 piece puzzle though. Wow. It would take her a while because she kind of just, she's like me. She'll just like do a few pieces here and then leave. She's not, you know, I know how you're very, very different. You just want to get it all done. I'm someone just like with my reading, I'll read a couple pages and then walk away, do a, a few pieces of the puzzle, feel good about it, walk away, come back in an hour. And that's how she is too. So it would probably be out on our dining room table for, a month or so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she does love to do puzzles. Cameron, not so much. He hasn't really gotten into them as much. So what are some top areas that are different for you guys now? Um, Work-life balance has always been important, but I think Mark has more of it now, which is helpful. I think just him being um, more of a presence in the home has been welcome for all of us. Um, even like our dog. I mean, when he's, when we're both gone all day now, she's just, she'll run around like a crazy person. And mm-hmm. Um, like charge at her bed. I mean, just does like weird things and because she's used to like somebody being around or she can go in and out all day long versus just laying around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, what's allowed that work-life balance is definitely the embrace on technology from our works and also for just any type of communication um, where previously at like my job, if I wasn't there, like I wasn't working. Now it's, you know, I'm getting Teams messages all times a day and, um it, it, the good with the bad, I guess, with that. But it uh, does allow, like you said, a bit more of the flexibility if I needed to be home for a delivery or um, working from home on Fridays, as I like to continue to do, just things like that. Um, l- yeah, lots of lots more of remote work. And, and same for my team, even. Like, we're fully set up for telehealth. So every everybody on my team, including administrative positions, we've got all of the technology in place now that, you know, should there be another reason that we can't be in the office or shouldn't be in the office, that we can go nearly fully remote and be 
um, you know, just highly effective in our jobs. And I think that that's just wise for the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so offering that that flexibility for the team has been that's pro- probably why my Glenn scores are good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I probably I, the world of work, I would say in general, what do they call it right now? Mark keeps telling me um, the the Great Resignation, or it's something along those lines that there's just this max mass exodus of people either resigning oh. from their jobs or accepting new jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID's been a game changer. I, th- I think it's definitely related uh, to that, if not solely responsible. And people are seeking that better work-life balance, living where you want to live, um, yep. working where you want to work. And there's just a lot of power in the employee right now, which is interesting. So yeah. I would say mostly work. Um, yeah, n- I guess not not a ton else. I think it gives me hope. Um, and this is just probably me fantasizing that should we ever like Mark was to make a career move or anything like that, um, the perhaps irrational brain in me is like, well, maybe we could stay here because we love it here and he could work for a company and I don't know. But and I'm not saying that's happening, but I think COVID's opened up the possibility of that for a lot of people, um, especially in larger, larger organizations. So, yeah, so, so true. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. It's really work is the, is the biggest thing, but not even my work other than the increased flexibility, which I so appreciate. But Nick works from home 100% of the time now, which I appreciate. I don't know if he necessarily loves it. He definitely misses the camaraderie of, you know, being in an office and talking with colleagues. But uh, it has been nice, again, for the flexibility. He can help pick up, drop off most times. And, you know, if we have someone who's coming to the house to do whatever between 10 and 3, you know, I don't have to leave my job and come greet the guy when he calls me 15 minutes before arriving. Mm-hmm. I had a call today. Um, they were going to come measure for our windows that we're supposed to get soon. And can we come tomorrow between t- 10 and 2? I said, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's because I know actually tomorrow Nick will not be at home. But generally, yes, that's totally fine because he is here, which is very nice. Otherwise, the only other big thing right now is just the fact that we all that we're wearing masks again. And I think that that will probably be something that we do truthfully forever. I'm not saying that I'm always going to wear a mask when I go into the grocery store, but I think we'll always own about 20 masks for each of us because they're just nice to have. Uh, when else, whenever, you know, when flu season comes around or whatever next virus is, you know, going around. <laughs> It's nice to have those. I hate wearing masks. I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. I quite despise them. And most, I would say mostly it's because they give me zits on my chin. (laughs) It's completely vanity related, but I understand the importance of them and I wear them when I need to. And that means wearing them almost all the time now. So that would be another big thing that's different. I'm wearing a mask now, which is crazy. And my kids are wearing masks, which is, you know, something I never thought I'd see. Oh, and then last thing is just that I no longer do my own grocery shopping. I haven't Mm -hmm. grocery shopped in probably a year. I have gone into the grocery store to grab a few things, but I've never actually done a full load of grocery shopping for, I would say, about 12 months, which has been lovely. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I was going to say on the the topic of masks too, Gina, I think it has normalized them a bit. I don't know about you, but whenever I would see somebody, let's say like in an airport who is potentially not, does not live here. And they were wearing a mask. I'm always like, what's going on? Right. Like what? Yes. But I guess now I'm so normalized to that that I'm like, that's actually really smart. I mean, my kids have not been sick. Have yours? No, they have. They have not. No. 
It's been lovely. I, again, I'm knocking on wood. I've done that twice this episode, but <laughs> I, there is something to say for masks. Um, and I think normalizing them is, is one of those things where it's like, if team members come to work, like with the sniffles, I think it's perfectly appropriate and very probably okay now to be like, yeah, let's put a mask on. Like, I know it's a cold or whatever, but yeah, you should mask. Like, why not? I guess at this stage, like if you're going to be around other people, like we now know and have access to like <laughs> limiting germs more. It's, it's, I don't normalize yeah. in our society more than it ever yeah. has been before where I think it is normal in other countries mm-hmm. to mask. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. So how do your kids discuss COVID and what are their thoughts about the vaccine? Yeah, I, it's okay. I have an, I guess I have a question for you about the mm-hmm. whole masking thing with kids. I know that's, okay. a, I, we, you know, we have unmask our kids signs like all over our community, not in my yard. Oh. I mean, yeah, we have some people who feel very strongly about children not being masked. And I find that very interesting because my kids at least have they're, they seem fine with it. Like it doesn't phase them at all uh, to wear a mask. Like Shay would get off the bus last year and I'd be like, you can take your mask off. She's like, it's okay. I'll do it when I get home. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's no bother to her at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she's any, she's not ill affected because of it. I I haven't noticed anything. And there may be certain situations where that's not the case for some children, but I, I guess I don't see masking as being this horrible, bad thing for children. They're very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, do your kids, I mean, do you guys... Do you know Paige, Paige could care less. She's the same way. She gets out of school and I'm like, take off your mask because mm-hmm. I'd be ripping that thing off the second I get out. Yeah. I think a lot of these parents, they put themselves in their kids' shoes. They don't really realize how resilient these children are. Yep. Kids will pretty much do anything and learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. Parents, adults, not so much. We're a bunch of babies. Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think we tend to forget that. And yeah. Rigid babies. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> uh, they'll be fine. They're learning. They, yeah. this is not going to be forever. And if it is, oh, well, they're fine. They go outside, they eat, they get to take off their mask. They can still breathe, but hey, they're not getting sick. Okay. Right. You you have a, a better attitude about it than me. I, I don't want it to be forever, but it's okay. Like oh, it, I don't they, either. they are okay. Like, the parents, I think are yeah. struggling with the masking thing more than the kids. Exactly. Um, what about the what vaccine? was the question? The vaccine. We talk about it because I don't, I don't, I just want them to be prepared when the time is there, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to mm-hmm. be something that we talk about and they're on board with. Um, but I will say Shay has started asking some very um, wise questions around the vaccine. Just things like, um, you know, if coronavirus isn't that bad right now, why would I get the vaccine? Mm. Or, um yeah, just little things like that. Like, I think it's, she's got yeah. some insights and, and I, I think that's good. Um, so talking through it. Same with Paige. I'm sorry to kind of a little bit interrupt, but Paige is also, she's saying some things because she does not want to get the vaccine, of mm. course, because it's a needle and who, and, and they've been showing it on TV for the past year. And all we see are these giant needles. Giant, they look huge on TV. They look like they would hurt they look like they're stabbing you and they call them jabs too. Have you ever heard that when they talk about it on a news broadcast? Have you gotten the jab yet? Like, I don't understand why they say that. Yeah. Anyway, t- Paige is terrified, even though the needle, it, I mean, literally, I didn't even feel it. I do don't, but you know, you can't tell a six, seven year old that, uh, but she'll say things like, I'd rather just wear a mask for my entire oh. life. <laughs> I'm like, Paige, trust me, you would not, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, they'll be getting the the vaccine. Truthfully, though, if I'm going to be completely honest, you know, I, I think it's great that people who are putting their children in these trials mm-hmm. and 
the the people who are letting their kids get a vaccine or thinking about letting their kids get the vaccine right when it comes out. That will not be me. I'm going to be completely honest. I have my anxiety is always around healthcare. I have healthcare anxiety. I've defined that for myself. That's my own. It's my own diagnosis. Uh, I get very nervous about things like that, and I don't love putting something in my body or my children's body that I don't know much about. Did I do it? Yeah. Will I do it? Yeah. But I do plan on waiting just a little bit. It, is it going to make a difference? No. Will it make me feel a little bit better? Yeah. So I'll probably wait a little bit. I don't know. I I say that now. Maybe I won't. That's just my my initial thought. Um. So yeah, I didn't do that with with. Well, I guess technically I did because healthcare workers were able to get the vaccine first. So I did wait probably, what, five months because I had to. And that made me feel a little bit better. What month did you get the vaccine? I got it in February. Okay. So it was, or did I get it in March? No, no, no. I got it in April. I got, whoa, I did not. I got it in April. Hmm. Um, But it was pretty much right when I was able to, I I started calling and trying to get in. It took me a, a few weeks to get a time slot. But yeah, it was in April, actually. I'm totally wrong. So mine Anything was else to in add to that one? January and you were like, oh, she hasn't grown a tail yet. Like, it's all good. Um. <laughs> yeah, I kept talking to you like, hey, what's going on with her? But then, of course, I had mine. I had a reaction that nobody else had, or at least no one that I knew with my swollen arm and sick for three days. I mean, I had it on Saturday and I had to call Monday. I had to take off Monday. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. Aww. And this was not in my head, too. I, I mean, it was it, it killed me again worth it. I would do it again, but I'm definitely nervous about getting a, a booster shot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, what about, are you prepared to quarantine again, Nicole? So sort of looking <sighs> at the future. Oh, I skipped a question actually. Well, we'll since we only have a couple more minutes, uh, what do you do differently now knowing about the Delta variant and that there might be another, you know, pandemic in the future? And are you prepared to quarantine again, either with the Delta variant or another virus down the road? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I've been saying recently, I dealt with 2020, I think a lot better than I'm dealing with the coronavirus stuff right now. Um, oh. all I can do, I, I honestly, like, I think that there was so much solidarity in 2020, whereas there's so much division in 2021 mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I think that's just a harder struggle for me. Um, personally, I, I mean, all I can do is protect myself and my family and make the best decision in that moment, given the information I have. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 if I'm being perfectly honest right now in August of 2021, I kind of oscillate between 100 percent like protect and defend all the way to just F it. I need normalcy. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's I'm calling it for myself, just pandemic fatigue, just the unknown. Like people are starting to say this could go on forever. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like I don't want to miss we're 18 months. Like this isn't 18 days, right? Like this is, this is a, this is a chunk of, of life that has Mm -hmm. been committed to COVID. And I guess Mm -hmm. while I, I, and this could just be the lens I'm looking through, I don't see a ton of adverse effects for my children at this stage, but I guess I am seeing it in in other children or hearing it, other parents, friends, family who are concerned Mm -hmm. about um, just social isolation and limited contact with other children for their children and Mm -hmm. kind of the trickle down effect of that. So I, I just, Honestly, I'm, I kind of go between the two extremes, and I know that's probably not a healthy place to be. But I, I've got some pandemic uh, fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where and are we you kind of forgot to we forgot to mention, although maybe it's been obvious as we as we've spoken. But our kids, I know I'm I'm speaking for your kids, but mm-hmm. have not been very affected by COVID because most importantly, they were all four in school in person with other kids last year. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. 
So everyone always says to me, you know, I don't know, I'll be having a conversation about Paige about how she has a little bit of social anxiety and people will say, well, you know, COVID didn't help that. And I'm thinking, nope, actually, you know, her life didn't change a lick. The biggest change for her was wearing a mask every day. Otherwise, everything was relatively normal. Obviously, we had to quarantine a few times and we weren't able to do a lot of the same things that we have done in previous years. Most importantly, I would say we have a pool that was closed pretty much the entire year that's indoors that we used to go to all the time that we didn't get to go to for an entire year. But that's really about it. Other than the mask uh, and seeing needles on TV constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, and but even then, I'm also experiencing COVID fatigue, just hearing about it. And but here's the thing. And I and I'm not trying to downplay your COVID fatigue or mine, but man, I still feel like I'm so lucky. You know, I think Mm -hmm. about one of the reasons why I get so angry when people don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not going to, you know, I know know plenty of people and they're still my friends. It's fine. Is that, you know, I didn't vaccinate for me. Sure, that was part of it. I truly am vaccinating to help our healthcare system and to really, really try to protect them because right now they are struggling. We don't see it. We see little snippets on television, on the news, but man, just imagine, you know, some of the the local hospitals are to capacity where they have to turn away pregnant women who are in labor. Imagine that because they're trying to take care of those who have COVID who, you know what, if they would have had a vaccine would most likely not be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm going on a, 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 I'm totally getting on a soap, so one thing on that, here, but Gina, because I had the yeah. exact, as far as kids and vaccines, I had the same thought as you of like I'm not going to be first in line with my kids, right? Oh, okay. And so yeah. my my friend works at the local health department and knows, I mean, works with epidemiologists, right? Like she knows a lot more than me. And she said, "Well, that's the problem, Nicole." She said, "The longer people mm. wait, the higher the risk for variants and blah." And mm. you know, then we're st- we're stuck, right? Mm. She goes, "Time is of the essence," and so the sooner we can vaccinate. The, the better off we're all going to be. And I, to me, that yeah. that was helpful information to at least take in for digestion, you know? Sure. No, I, I respect that. And mm-hmm. hopefully we'll start learning more and and maybe my mind will change. I, yeah, I, I respect science uh, very much. And uh, I, I respect those who work in that field. And uh, if I, if I get convinced otherwise, absolutely, they'll be one of the first ones in if they're able to. All right. So moving on, that was a, that was a fun <laughs> little discussion. I, I think that was, we were due for that for sure. And maybe we'll have another one down the road. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So favorite, uh, new products, recipes, mom wins. Okay. You know, I love perfect bars, but I also love the perfect bar cups. So they're more of like a, I don't know. I just think they're really good. It's almost like a Twix meets a, a Reese's peanut butter cup with yeah. certainly a healthy spin. It's not quite as indulgent, um, but I like that there's some protein in there. I just really, really like them. I can get them on Amazon. However, they did arrive like somewhat melted. And so the two cups kind of like slid into one and I reported it to Amazon and they were like, oh, just keep it free refund or if you have your refund. And I was like, sweet. So oh, I nice. got some free perfect bar cups, which make them all the tastier, even if they are <laughs> two cups melted into one now. Um, yeah. I mean, tastes. they're expensive, so you better get what you want. Yeah, exactly. That's great. All right. So mine was a pressure cooker bow tie pasta with Alfredo and peas. As simple as it sounds, literally uh, water, bow tie pasta, heat it, add peas, Alfredo sauce, voila. The kids loved it. I loved it. 
We did add some chicken to it as well, which I should have uh, cut up into smaller chunks. It did call for chicken. I kind of forgot about that, but <laughs> it was delicious. I'll put the recipe Yum. in the show notes. You are onto All this. Right, so coming uh, up, is it slow cooker and pressure cooker? Our upcoming episode. It is a combination, correct? Oh. But I've been doing a lot more pressure cooker recipes lately. You're doing your research. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get my arsenal of recipes ready. All right. So coming up on September 12th, we will be dishing about gentle nutrition with one of the co-founders of Intuitive Eating, Elise Resch. So exciting. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets, Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.